podcast. What up, y'all? Welcome to Solversations, right here, representing EX, and this is our platform to really just get down and be human and get 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 underneath the layers of life that we experience, and and whether that be labels or the things that we see or the perceptions or the the barriers or the judgments that we have and and to just get in there and that courage that compassion that wonder that vulnerability uh, in that human space and to spend that time in those conversations with people that inspire us people that we look up to people that we follow their lead um and and you know it, if we were to just follow it strictly through that the person that we have today's episode miss mel music aka Melissa Asadera, aka Polo's Pantry, is the perfect human being for that. Someone who has a joy and a love and a fierce grounding uh, in life with such a powerful spirit, uh, a leader in the food justice space, as an activist for human dignity, um, a lover of music, uh, someone who has joy, who leads like a servant. Um, she's just somebody that we've learned from immensely in our connection with her and it's always good to reconnect when um, when you have the opportunity to with someone like Mel who is out and serving and, and life her life is the example of what it means to be in service and what it means to radically love people and to you know put your life as an example and so you know for us to be able to sit and hold space with her and really ground in being about her because she has so much life force uh, made this a really special experience um, and I think in this to just be able to see you know like whatever we view people as or how we perceive people or how we hear people or how we view people that there's always just that human element of how someone experiences their own life and experiences uh, everything that they're going through and so um Think that's a powerful testament to this as we as we get to just connect and learn and listen um, and follow the lead of mel so check out this episode thanks for checking it out y'all much love peace okay mel thank you for coming Ooh. thanks for doing this i'm of course welcome to solar stations yeah, yeah. Bam, bam. just kicking it we're gonna <laughs> get down we're gonna talk about mel the human being you know, I know your work is super centered and everything in your life, but we're gonna we're gonna work from the ground of Mel, and then work Ooh. through your universe. Um, let's do it like this. So, you know, I, we talk about kind of solarizations is this idea where people have, whether it's labels or things that externally people describe you as and see you as, uh, and then when conversation happens, we just see who the person is. Mm-hmm. below those those lenses and those descriptions so maybe we'll start by me and uni will go and we'll just name all the things of the labels or the descriptors that we know mel oh as God. and then if we miss anything mm-hmm. you just let us know or if there's something that people don't know or don't see okay this is definitely a good exercise for me because mm-hmm. you know I, I never center myself in mm-hmm. a lot of things so this is this is definitely putting me in an uncomfortable place but a good one yeah 
Let yeah. me grow. We Come started. On. I know we're Let's starting. Go. We're starting. Let's go. We're starting like <laughs> mad hard right now, just like mm-hmm. right into it. But it's, I know. I'm know. like, uh, I can we'll handle start, it. Yeah. Come on, let's go. We'll like bust in and then just chill after we bust <laughs> okay. in. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. Say go ahead. Oh, um, food justice queen. Mm. Yes, I will. I will say. I gotta say Filipino food warrior. Mm. I'll say. Uh, Oh, what uh, I'll say Polo's daughter. Mm, yes. I will say Angelino. Mm. Um Tita? <laughs> what's the, <laughs> what's the yeah, what's yeah, the yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yep. Yes, yep. I am like yep. big time. Uh advocate. Mm-hmm. Activist. Undercover music lover. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Black Panther tradition preserver. This is a term my friend, me and my friends would talk about this. Uh, she was, she had a mom, but she would say single mother hustling. Mm. Like you don't have kids, but you have that like, that unbridled, like as if you were just like a mom taking care of your kids mm. and you had to do all this, but your the communities that you serve is that is that that gets you that single mother hustle i think that's like the the yeah. highest level of hustle yes your, the, i'm yeah. like so touched by that because mm. single mothers are the shit yeah Ooh. i feel i felt that one yeah man oh man yeah i mean nurture would be another word that i think of when i think of single mother hustling mm-hmm. this is such a good exercise yeah um <laughs> I will say also a fierce let me see what 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 would I a fierce human activist. Yeah. I think when it comes to humans you're very fierce in the way that you whether that's protecting their dignity or protecting their rights to a dignified life or food or justice. Wow. I'm really like, I'm really humbled by all this. Just how I see you. Yeah. Damn. Um, lover of the campesinas. Yes. Protector of the campesinas. Mm-hmm. Voice mm. for the campesinas. Mm. Mm, yeah. Are we supposed to cry? <laughs> <laughs> you can do feel whatever you like. Yeah. Dude, this is, yeah. Um, Let's say leader of the new school. Ooh. Damn. Woman? Mm-hmm. You are... Oh, let, me, let me see how I can word this, but... You're basically... Well, this is, like, very, like, Filipino-centric, but you're, like... You're, like the on-fire cousin that gets talked about at the family parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I guess all families do that. That's more of, yeah, that's just a family. No, yeah, but okay. in, in a full, yeah, mm. I, I feel like, I feel like my cousin's talking about my articles mm. behind my back in a good yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't get a chance to really hang out with them as much, but mm-hmm. I know that I know what you mean. It's it's like the the 
I don't know if that. Yeah, I guess that's why I was asking if, or like thinking that's Filipino. That the concept of the cousin yeah. in the Filipino culture, where it's almost like it's it's it's, it's like one layer beyond the siblings so that you have it's more like it's it's just a very fond relationship mm-hmm. it doesn't have to carry the closeness of like living in the same roof all the time yeah. but the structure is so tight still mm-hmm. so then yeah they usually champion you mm. yeah. yeah wow damn mm. yeah the people's <laughs> champ the people's champ dude the people's champ yeah mm. Anything else? You got anything else? Homie. Homie, yes. Always. Yes. Always. Always to you guys and just everything you do. Yeah. You know, it's just family. And then I'll say, last one for me is still yet undiscovered power. Mm. I think the story's not written yet. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a chapter <laughs> something crazy <laughs> dude yeah. yeah this is I'm so humbled by this we just started man. we just started <laughs> we just, this is just I us know, like this uh, is just, just warming up like dude yeah this is warming you know? up what what do you think when you think of yourself like in its vulnerable state right like not thinking about what you have to present to as like a resume or like if you were to get a grant but you were just like mel in the mirror or mel in the car or mel in the discussions or mel with herself or or mel chilling out mel healing what are those what are those aspects other aspects that people might not see that you think are a part of you i think of myself as a servant Hmm. like i always want to come from a place of just bowing to who it is that I'm serving, you know, and I see myself that in leadership too. Mm. I want to lead from the back, without knowing what's left behind. Mm. That's how I see myself. Um, that's why I hate centering myself, because it's not mm. just about me. Which is why I want everyone to be part of it. You know, yeah, yeah. We don't. We're not going to win this without each other. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta make sure, all the ways that you guys describe me is also what I see in myself too. It's like I I do feel like I'm that ate, that tita, yeah. that cousin, that older cousin. It's like yo, get your ass inside, you know what I mean? Yeah. Before the storm comes or whatever. Like just making sure that everyone. I've always felt like myself as a guardian too, the guardian yeah. of the people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you guys see that of me is humbling. That my actions show it. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Mm. So thank you. Yeah, 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 that's huge. Is there is there somebody in your life or or people specific particular people in your life that helped you see that or ingrain that in you or that you learn that from? My parents, my parents. Um, I just saw how they were just also kind of servants of the people, servants of community. My grandmothers, my family taught me that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I I don't, that's why I don't like, I want the spotlight. I hate sort of, it, it, it's still something that I struggle with. 
and everyone's like, that's exactly why you should be talking. Because you're not doing it for any of those things. You're doing it because you want people to be cared for. And I hope that that's always what people see. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I always want to come from that place where I'm not filled with myself, but filled with kind of like... My prayer actually is... It sounds really religious, but I think I started praying about two, three years ago. Basically, I said, God, like, empty me. Mm. Like, empty me and fill me up with you. Mm. As soon as that... Mm. As soon as I started praying that, it... Like, my life went... Yeah. Just because I... It's almost like your your ego gets squashed out of you. Yeah. And you're filled with something else. Mm-hmm. And literally, when my two people say, how are you doing all this shit? I'm like, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It literally isn't me, mm-hmm. honestly. It's ancestral. It's, mm. you know, I feel like, where do you get the strength? I don't know, bro. I do not yeah. know where the energy comes from. It's literal prayer. Like, my, my feet can feel like cinder blocks, but I'm still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not me. Hmm. And I want young people to to realize that that it's not you. When you want to get into this work, it's not you. Yeah. You. You have to like, like take yourself out of it. Like you have yeah. to take yourself out of, out of it because if you allow your ego to be to sit, in the work, mm-hmm. then you get like, you get shaken up. When people say shit about it. You're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. It'll happen. But you're not gonna hit get hit in the core because it's not you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's like a way to keep it sustainable mm-hmm. in a very material sense. But then mm-hmm. it's it's very spiritual. Yeah. Like, because you're just like, I mean, the shit that you see, right? Like, I think uh, an average person would be so traumatized from that, right? But you draw, you're drawing on something greater than yourself mm-hmm. to continue to move through that and. And I'm sure you've experienced such high highs through that and moving through rather than like around or away from or shrinking smaller. Yeah. But it's hard as fuck too. It's hard as fuck. Like I was talking to Sylvia about this and Sylvia's been on Silversations. She's like, you already know that Sylvia's a light, like the brightest, one of the brightest lights I've ever seen in our lives. Mm Mm-hmm. But the only reason why she's like that is because she's seen some dark shit. Yeah. And I think they need to coexist in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's hand in hand with so many things where if you're thinking about the idea of, you know, privilege or mm-hmm. understand, like you don't, under, just understanding the value of something, you have to either have a, you understand the value of things when you have a scarcity of it. Yep. Or you, you lose it or you... Yeah, or the things that we're seeking in our lives are the things that at some point we weren't receiving mm-hmm. or that we've always yearned for. So, yeah. yeah. I Yeah, I think like to be able to do this work, you have to be deeply, deeply rooted in something other than yourself to stay in it. Because human beings are all flawed too. Yeah. We're going to disappoint each other. So you have to almost like like your north star has got to be different yeah. you have to like draw strength from something else like the trees the universe everything yeah. else um to be able to keep going 
Yeah. Can I ask you about yeah. a criticism that you've received? And then what was that just human process that you went through to, to work through that? Very easy. I was in a meeting and I was kind of spouting, spouting like policy and like, you know, very kind of academic sort of terms and food policy. And someone in the meeting was like, uh-uh-uh, how about the community? And I'm grateful for folks like that. Actually, it's Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sylvia grounds me like just hard. Yeah. She's like, she's like, who who are we doing this for? Mm. Like, circle back. Mm. Like we can we can wax poetic all day long mm. about policy and all this shit. We all sound smart, but at the end of the day, will the people really use it? Will the yeah. people really feel it? Will they will they benefit? Yeah, and so it's like that grounding back, mm. like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> you, that's that's like next level. Yeah, it's so next level, right? For it drew me instantly because when when I was living in Long Beach, I started uh, volunteering at the Continuation School, mm-hmm. and I I obviously started with like this space of like I want to make it, I want to make an impact, like I want to like yep. do this and. The mentor teacher there, Suzanne Caverly, she's next level. Like <laughs> this, like there's like stories about her, which are like really, like would be a legend, right? Where like has students that shot, not responding for three days. She comes to the hospital. Yeah. Student responds. And like I, I was working on a book with them of all their photos and their writings. And her thing was just always like, who are we centering? Yeah. Who are we making this for? Yeah. You know, these kids get exploited by the system. These kids get exploited by everything that comes across them. Mm -hmm. Even the way that they're like, you know, getting kids to school, you get paid for that in the district. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we need to like center that, who this is for. And she always completely transformed that for me. And that's why it's funny because I have my (laughs) tattoo here is, is humble servant. And it was, it's, I, I got it when I left Long Beach because it's the concept of if you don't lead with that, if yeah. you don't lead with at least the mindset or the heart of it, you're going to be trying to serve yourself or yes. trying to serve something that, yeah, like that's not sustainable, something that's, that's not, yeah, able to, to draw from something higher. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people, people see that, you know, when you draw from something so like raw in you i think people really see that and connect to it you know and i love that you remember that like i always like remember those moments where i get pulled back and grounding myself and remembering it's not about you you know it's you hustle and you 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 work hard but again you have to center the people yeah so (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) Message. <laughs> Lessons. Message. Dang. Yeah, well, that was... <laughs> Wait, that's our first question or that our second question? <laughs> so, Dang, I seriously, though, like, I knew yeah. that we would go deep into this, like, yeah. real quick. Real quick, yeah. I think the... Something's happening with the... I'll edit this part. Check, okay. check, cut this out, but... The recording thing is not counting my uh, account, and I have okay. it unlimited, so it keeps cutting it off. But 
Sorry. Are we good we'll though? Just, we'll just record this yeah. and then do this later. So. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I guess where what's been on my mind a lot in the last year is how do you make this um just all the things that we're doing and experiencing like how are you translating or communicating or articulating that to like other people um because man it's like the more i like lift the veil and the more i see what's going on the more i feel like you need critical mass to be like no we don't want this anymore you know or like you need people to show up in the spaces that mm-hmm. only I think critical, I don't know. This is where I'm at right now. Like critical mass would help to really change things in a more meaningful way in a quicker time that would really impact the material conditions of people's lives. Mm-hmm. How have you found success in articulating like what you're doing, but also like where have been the struggles for just trying to, inform and like inspire other people that's such a good question i mean i don't know because i think about what we're doing all the time and people always joke like you like live and breathe polos you know and like just evangelizing like homemade meals that kind of thing like the stuff that we do because i believe in it so much and how it's changed people how it's changed us, how it's changed the team. And it's like, I think, I think just kind of try, like just focusing on how it changed us internally and how that ripple effect, if it's changing us this way, just imagine like the hundreds of volunteers out there that it's, that it's just like pinging, you know? And, even though we can't see it, it's happening. Like you'll be walking down the street and you'll be like, yo, 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 are you Alex of Homemade Meals? Like people are gonna start to be like, you know, even probably years from now, they're like, yo, that program changed my life. My wife and I were going through it during the pandemic, but y'all, dude, Mm -hmm. I was driving for like six weeks Mm -hmm. to be on me, but like you don't hear those stories yet because we're so invisible because we're grinding. Um, I got a letter from a student in Rhode Island. Um, there's a college student from the University of Rhode Island that sent me a DM, mm. my Instagram. He basically said that he was researching. I'll read it to you. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. It blew me away. How has a kid in Rhode Island heard about me? Mm. That's fucking three thousand miles away. Yeah. How, how how is the stuff we're doing here being heard mm-hmm. in other states? It's like, I don't even like understand the scope of that. I'm not thinking on those terms at all. But think about that. Someone out in like Florida is probably looking at homemade meals, like website and now thinking, holy shit, like look at this, look at the work that these folks in LA are doing. But you don't know that. Yeah. But it's like, it's good to not think about it because then you get distracted. But I think just having the faith that what we're doing is impactful. 
and it's and it's like it's affecting people in a way that is meaningful you know let me read this mm, i yeah. was crying last night yeah. <laughs> y'all this thing i didn't expect it so he's like hey melissa i'm currently a student at the university of rhode island and writing a paper on the on the homeless during covid19 and how fellow americans have stepped into the spotlight to help out I read your story and was inspired to help in my community. I felt like I fucking won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, fuck the Nobel Prize. That shit was... Yeah, that's the... That, that, is, that is what... That's it right there. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it worth it. Some mm-hmm. kid, just because he read about what I did, not even about me, it could be anyone else, but the fact that he read about what we're doing out here... Yeah. He's out there helping someone. So it's more just, yeah, you're you're just living and being the humble servant. Yeah, and I think, like, reading, too, about the history that got me, got us here. Reading about the Panthers, reading about, you know, um, like, Fannie Lou Hamer, Georgia Gilmore, all the, all the giants that, that, we're, that we're standing, the shoals we're standing on. People that made it possible for us to continue the work. And it just happens that we have the baton, you know, mm-hmm. in this era. So now we're building it. We have to figure out a way to teach it. Yeah. I feel like eventually we're going to. We're going to. I feel like that's the next phase. Yeah. So helping the podcast and just yeah. the more we try to create just media for mm-hmm. people to just sit with mm-hmm. to share to share our experiences yeah to how it changed us i think is impactful for people to hear how has it changed you in what ways has it changed oh you God. who were you <laughs> before who are you now uh let's start with just who are you before mm-hmm. um Um, I know that I was passionate about caring people and I was always about community but I didn't see myself as a leader I don't know if I fit leadership in the way most people want to define it but I definitely I'm starting to see myself that way. And I feel like it's such a huge responsibility. I'm scared to fuck it up. I'm scared to say something that some young person will say, hey, well, Melissa said that. But I shouldn't feel that way because I just got to live my life, you know? And so far, it's been... You know, it's it's honestly, I, I feel like I've, it's, it, I'm so grateful to be able to live this life, to be in a space with all, with y'all, to do this work during a time where things are so hard, but they're also changing. And you know, there's a revolution that's happening. Yep. And the fact that we're in, we're in it, yep. have a part in it is so, it's really humbling to think about it. I, I didn't my I didn't 
I wasn't a revo- I feel like I wasn't a revolutionary before. I feel like I am now. I, I definitely feel like I'm a rebel. What does it mean to you to be revolutionary? Wow. Um, to be brave. To fight a system of oppression, like, you know, systems of oppression. To use everything you got to fight that system. To tell the truth. To tell the truth about how it's hurting people that you care about. And to make those changes. To be brave in every step. Call out racism when you see it. Talk about racism that you felt. And it's like almost asking ourselves to like live the trauma of it. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, I feel like it's liberation for someone else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like as Filipino Americans, you know, I was talking about this to, to a friend. We were called little brown brothers, you know, mm-hmm. like, like back, back, way back. And how, like, just, like, how fucked up that is, you know? Yeah. Like, my little pet kind of thing. And it's like, as a woman who's brown in spaces that are mad white, like, I think about that all the time. Yeah. It's almost like I have to work extra hard to be like, yo, I deserve this. But then yeah. you get called out like, you know, making all about you. Yeah. It's like that double, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm here, but then it's like, like, who the fuck are you though? You know, yeah. kind of thing. How does one hold like, <laughs> in a, such a, right? Because you're, you're leading with love Yeah. and your food is the weapon and love is the weapon, <laughs> but you're also in spaces that can be ignorant or resistant how do you hold that space or that duality to love and to to lead with that and to be a servant but then to hold your line to be a revolutionary (laughs) to have courage but then also maybe in the middle to like teach and to educate damn well i'm learning from ellie can i'm learning from our I'm learning from Pete, I'm learning from Monique, I'm learning from folks that are, that were in, what that we're serving with. They've been at this for a long time, have towed the line for many years for people. And it's like, you know, you have to learn that way. You have to learn from them and how they did that. Just listening to how they did it. Because you have to, you have to, it's like, it's like spiritual code switching, you know, mm. where you're like, you know, you want to, you want to be kind, you want to be empathetic and compassionate, but you also want to hold them to it too. Like this is your responsibility to see yourself right now and how this is not right. It, I don't know. It's, it's like, a, this, it's almost like this dance you gotta, yeah. like this sort of nuanced dance you gotta do. I'm still learning to how to yeah. do it. Somehow, it's working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm learning from Alex yeah, and from, yeah. from folks, yeah. I think that's where some releasing or surrendering some of that to, yeah. to God. Like, mm-hmm. It's not all up to us to change people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I love how LA can really models love in, in the front. 
and always because especially like on i don't know internet culture you see a lot of like hate yeah oh you don't know that or like Mm -hmm. what like Mm -hmm. and while i you know it's very it's it's you can understand that that comes from a lot of pain and like a lot of like frustration right but at the end of the day like we're trying to build a movement of people who are on the same page and Mm -hmm. trying to work for something collectively and I heard the quote recently, like James Baldwin was saying, like, love Mm -hmm. is not a popular movement. (laughs) And so true. And it's I think it's hard. It's like hard hard. to to center love. And so that's like the that's the thing I appreciate the most. I mean, there's so many things about L.A. can, but yeah, just how they've welcomed someone like me. Right. Who in many ways, like they could have been like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) Like. You don't know shit, you know, mm-hmm. and like in so many ways, I feel like I don't, you know, but the grace and the love that they've welcomed me with, it's like, how can I not center that in our work, you yeah. know, because that's the only reason why I've, I'm in, I made it this far, you know, and they're like Danny Park, like, yeah, dude's been in Skid Row for more than half of my life mm-hmm. that I've been alive, you know, yeah. and it's like, how, how is it that he was able to love and accept me in such a radical way that made me want to go closer to where he was you know and it didn't make me feel unwelcomed or stupid or you know not enough um and like now we find ourselves being interviewed by like usc students you know Mm -hmm. these like girls who are like we want to help you know and like and it's so funny when i hear the word help because la can and street watch they did an action um at echo park like during the uprising and um i remember i was there i was wearing like my power shirt my huey newton shirt mm-hmm. you know i just gotten from ellie can volunteering there and i was like i'm here you know i'm trying I'm, uh, I'm here to do the work you know and you know it was a great action like super riled up uh very inspiring and and then at the end i'm like helping kind of clean up and then i go up to pete and he's like hey good to see you here you know and i'm like man I'm j- i just want to help you know and then Later, I see like one of the quotes that um, someone posted uh, that Pete spoke about in his speech was, I think it was like Lila Waters. She's like an indigenous Australian organizer. And mm-hmm. she, the quote is, if you've come to help, you're wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've come because you're, because uh, your struggle is, because you see yourself in like the struggle with me, then let us work together. You yeah. Know? And like, I was like, oh, I can't believe yeah. I said, I used the word help to Pete, you know, like. <laughs> But, like, that's the grace, you know? Like, yeah. he could have easily been like, uh, you know, or, like, yeah. whatever. But so then now, you know, when I hear someone come up to me, like, I want to help, you know? I'm like, mm, like, yeah, cool. You know, like, you're here. You want to be here, you know? And mm-hmm. so let's bring you on, you know? Let, like, I I know what I know. And let me bring you on to as much as I know. But, like, hey, yeah. look to look to LA Can or, like, look to Mel. Like, yeah. we got the folks that are, ha- are further along in the journey and mm-hmm. who are also centering the love. And I think that's like the lineage that I'm hoping we're building, you know, like people not feeling like they, it's not accessible to help because they feel whatever they, you know, like Mm -hmm. we should be radically loving people into this movement. That's so beautiful, Alex. I mean, and you know, that's exactly what's happening. Um, I think the beauty about what LA can has built is they meet people where they are. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the seasoned activist that's been at it for 20 years to 
five years to a year. We all have that growth, and Pete knows, you know, um, everyone there, Dogon, Adam, you know, like everyone there who's been at it knows that it's a journey for them too. They started somewhere. Mm. They didn't come out the womb radicalized. And for me too, that's kind of the grace that I have to remember. You know, like if you asked me five years ago, I didn't know who the city council members were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can't like sort of lord around and think that I'm this like, you know, policy wonk or some person who just knows all this stuff. It took a long time and years and effort and just showing up to just come to a place and be like, okay, I do know, but there's still so much we don't know, but we like allow grace to someone who wants to help to, to help or to just show up and be like, hi. And even if they don't understand the struggle or they want to figure out the pieces of how they fit, then why not Yeah. embrace them? Meet them where they are and be like, all right, you know what? This is what you can do. Let's roll. Yeah. It's interesting because that that idea of seeing people that are embedded and and putting their lives on the line or like putting giving their lives to the work. And then I think I constantly think about the idea of what if like that the, those people like are certain people you know their their point will always just be to help yeah and there that's that's the population and there's a whole strategy around that that's just hey if you can just help mm-hmm. that's where it is and then mm-hmm. maybe there's an entry point for you to come in deeper for that where i think we always have to talk about how to make it i don't want to say desirable but make it more accessible for people and mm-hmm. what is it that you know to a to a larger audience or a larger group or a larger population like what is that to make it more desirable or what or what is that maybe even the question is like what is that block what is keeping people from seeing themselves in the struggle what is that whether that's programmed in mm-hmm. or that's you know normalized i think there's you know because i think all the verbiage is there if you go to an action or you go to a rally like we you talk about systems and you talk about like taking things down and deprogramming and and i think the more as i'm witness and and being a part of things that there's i find myself being drawn to the idea of the that there's almost silos of not silo it's all in one space but within that there's a little silos of strategy that require different ways to absolutely to break that down and it's yeah, I, I think that I that idea is like that idea fascinates me when I hear this speak because then mm-hmm. I can see it from whole lives in it, <laughs> whole soul in it. To I think I want to try this out. Yeah, I think I want to check this out. Yeah, and for me, there's this piece of like, how do you how do you create this thing that's yeah. here? Because I, yeah, that, like when we think about calling or think about that like i i feel like where i'm called to contribute is to make this first part super desirable for people Mm -hmm. so then once you get in there 
then you're like, oh, these are the heavyweights, yeah. and they're fucking down for me, or like they're yeah. welcoming me, yeah. and they're putting their life. So then now you're like, oh, okay, let me like yeah. move down and a little bit more. And yeah, I think that that piece it's taken the to see this year to be able to see how because it started so intense, right? It started with in you know in LA like the 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 beginning of the pandemic and the then in the uprising and it was just like intense and it was like yeah. ah you yeah, know and it was yeah. and then things had to settle and then things had to people had to deal with their own shit yep. and move There's in like there an ebb and flow to the, re- ebb, the yeah. revolution and I think that's what it is people don't think it's like this one big explosion like we're like fucking French Revolution <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean but that's false I think that's sort of like a false look at what's what's happening here and and probably i'm speaking for myself definitely it's it's happening in here because it's like the only way i've been able to lead was because i've kind of done the work on myself the last few years had i not done that i would be fucking Mm. i'd be fucked up dude (laughs) this year would have completely destroyed me just for the amount of physical work and mental stuff and secondary trauma, all the stuff, some personal relationships have like suffered all that stuff plus death and all this stuff. But somehow and like by God's grace, I just figured out that I had to work on my shit years ago, all that shadow work, to really show up for myself and like, cause, and I'm sure you guys as, as you know, in leadership, you have to almost like go into all of these different like corners of yourself and be like, okay, like shine a light on it. Mm-hmm. Like what's wrong with this? Mm-hmm. Let's start with this today, yeah. you know, because yeah. you can't like, like you have to almost be like this Oak where you're yeah. just like, okay, fucked up today you know yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like let me and so i i you know I, I tell you know all the time i'm like it's almost like you have to have this sort of like counsel for mm-hmm. us where it's and this is feels like this right now it feels so much what i want where it's like let's sit in communion with each other mm-hmm. like really like fucking sober stations where let's check in because mm-hmm. i need this we all need this because it's like and even danny too yesterday we just we're talking for half an hour walking around the store looking at the altar that he made you know for people who pass on the community and just even like the heart that danny has is so deeply profound and i'm like just being around that guy just being like danny thank you you know thank you for your gift of you Mm -hmm. You know, just you like existing and making like letting us know that. Yeah. Like the strength and like the right. Yeah. I love all. I love always honoring him, being like to bring <laughs> us here, right. my brothers. Mm. You know what I mean? And I do like truly deeply like when I think about y'all, it's like fam. Yeah. It's not friends anymore. Mm. Like we're seriously like family. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Look at your smile. Dude. <laughs> There's a, a f- I was listening in a, in a clubhouse room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if I talked to you about this, but it's, they were talking about 
philosophical models of how humans make decisions. And this is like kind of thinking about the idea of revolution and the idea of love and how love is a long process. Love is love is investment in time. And there's this concept called heuristics. Mm -hmm. And it's a philosophical, basically, idea that humans, we make decisions based off of like incomplete data or we it's essentially like a jumping to a conclusion but mm -hmm. it's not always inaccurate but it's the, it can be anything right it can be the idea that like hey you committed this crime so therefore you committed this crime this is the penalty so you have to go along for this this year or you're like what do i wear i think i'm going to wear this because yada 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 but the idea that uh, heuristics is just the discernment and the ability to like take a step back and like look at things yeah. and to take in the full data to properly come to the decision based off of what you're seeing and mm -hmm. essentially the idea that we live in a society that's dependent on heuristics and whether that's social media or everything is just like everything's mm -hmm. packaged everything's we're supposed to draw the complexity of the human experience into and the, this image yeah mm -hmm. into an image into a, into x amount of characters yeah. into a, a post yeah. into like a TikTok video right. and it's yeah it's interesting how we it's like trying to take this experience that's like that needs this that needs like a very expansive like, yep and then we're having conversations on a larger scale or like trying to solve issues through this yeah through this like shoving it through and but this is like what it needs you know this is like i was actually thinking this while you were talking, i was mm -hmm. like would love to have somebody that's that would in this space to talk about somebody that's in opposition of your work yeah i think this is a space where you could actually talk about it yeah absolutely and break that down as opposed to like yeah holding a position but mm -hmm. like let's do that work let's shine a light on what are those causes and yeah. what are those effects because that's what that's where that's where the change happens because you know what right here this is love right this is like this is this is revolution in action mm -hmm. right prayer in action love in action is showing up as ourselves, showing uh, showing up like honestly, um, and just showing up just you know like just with pure with just sort of pure heart and intention. Um, and I feel like that's where change really can happen. It's just I'm ready to talk to someone in opposition with what I'm doing who feel like I shouldn't mm. be giving meals to houseless folks mm. because they feel like we're enabling them, which I hear all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to be patient. I have a lot of them in my family, to be honest. And, you know, I have had to hold my tongue in, in certain things. And I, I've just been quiet sometimes. But, you know, I know it's going to take time for them to see or to even, like, change them. I, again, like you said, it's not your job to change but to, to show what it is that you know um and to kind of do it with a grace you know what i mean and it's really hard not to you know hit them with the same energy because they're trying to come at you right but then I, you have to remember that it's not you mm. you, you you like again taking yourself out of the equation so that you can just be clear-headed and be like this is what i see and then they're like okay so then they they let their guard down mm -hmm. and they're like oh you know yeah, yeah like their shoulders like their their jaw crunches like their shoulders relax 
and then you can have the conversation. I feel like a good segue to what EX is. The beauty of EX. The beauty of EX here. It's like, we can, you know, I can be out there like all day grinding, 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 do my thing. But then when I process and like really kind of like sit with everything that's happening, I have to be able to really connect not only to other people, but with myself. And I really learned that so much from you guys too, you know? And I think that like, I, I try to, I want to uplift that too, because it's, it's been so important for my growth that I've been supported by y'all. Like this, like what you're building, what you've built over the years has been important to the work that we've done in the last year. Mm. So that's something that I think we'll hear more of. <laughs> or at least I hope more people will hear of it. Because it's like the only way the revolution can continue is if we care for ourselves. And mm. I feel like EX has been able to really sort of capture that. Capture yeah. that like experience of care, experience of joy, experience of connection and growth with each other. Mm-hmm. Creating these spaces that feel safe. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I'm curious. Like, what's this? You know, like, what's yeah. this? I have never done this before. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? What? What is this? Like, the cute like shiny something yeah but you're like but ray made it super comfy you're mm. like look come inside it's safe it's safe yeah. and then you walk in and you're mm-hmm. right mm. so that's so i don't know it's powerful if you think yeah. about it how we've all changed no you're the living silver stations we went courage <laughs> we just hit compassion <laughs> Yeah, that was compassion. But I mean, if you talk about it, we t- like literally we could like the cur- the courage of the work and what it takes to be in the work and, and to face ourselves and then yeah. what it takes to bring people in and to continue the work Dang. and to learn to face criticism, mm-hmm. you know, and to learn leadership and to learn yourself. And then the compassion. I'll sit with somebody. If you don't think I should be doing this work, I'll sit with you and yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah. Compassion. Yeah. Dang. Then you know what we got to get to. Yeah, okay. We got to get to the wonder. <laughs> nice, Mel. The Mel just led Silversation. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about this? Let's start this. Okay. Oh. This, is this is so fun. Give me a little. There we go. I love how we like just, I just kind of like, did the card game. Yeah, you did. You're the living it. card game. Yeah. Amazing. You guys make it so easy. Because you know what? We're so in tuned. It's like... Yeah, we just... Like, like you said, right? We just went... Yeah, in the seriously. Beginning of the you guys question. were like, <laughs> let's now, go. Now we're just let's sitting go in. in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mel. How about let's start with this wonder. Ooh. What is one... <laughs> I keep bringing it back, but you're, <laughs> you're the artist. So <laughs> drop knowledge for people, right? What's one... Filipino food that makes you feel good that everybody should try oh, and talk on. about it. And what is it? Sinigang. Hands down. That's not my childhood favorite. It's so nourishing for me because my parents would always cook it on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So like Fridays we'll have 
adobo saturday is the synagogue it's like my favorite because it was like it's like it was like the day we explored mm-hmm. we'd have synagogue too and then sundays was nilaga but like saturday i don't know what it is about that stew that makes it so like just it's delicious it's like do you want to explain yeah do you want to break it down for somebody who's never had synagogue so synagogue is a tamarind based um stew you can cook it with different um vegetables but most of it is usually like okra and like um sort of root vegetables lots of i call it gabe i don't know like it's all of yeah. filipino terms um i throw a lot of different things like spinach in it and also have learned to also make it with salmon mm-hmm. which is delicious um normally it's with like pork spare ribs and like or beef but i don't know it's a kind of a classic filipino dish yeah but I don't know what it is. It's like the the mixture of like the sourness, but mm-hmm. then it's so it's healthy yep. with like a lot of veggies in it too. It just reminds me of family, mm-hmm. and my grandma made it so good. Uh-huh. So I think that's what it is too. When I like eat it, I just remember her. There's synagogue nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, mine's like my mom's like it's soup and rice here. Yeah. You put it in, she's like put it in the bowl, like yeah. you come, and just like the proportion, the yes. way you. The way you have the soup versus the rice, mm-hmm. maybe the different elements. Yes, it's just, yes. There's so many variations to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want a lot of rice, a little bit of soup, more mm-hmm. more meat, or all right, like all all soup and a little bit of rice. Just like whatever you're feeling that day. Is it a cold day? Is it hot? Whatever. It meets your needs. I mean, whatever meets your needs. <laughs> you kind of like, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever. But it's like mm-hmm. such a versatile dish. Is there a spot in LA that you would recommend to mm-hmm. someone who doesn't mm-hmm. have a Filipino mama? Oh, to go to? Yeah. Um, I actually, um, it's not a restaurant, but I would go to Arco, um, Arco Foods in Glendale. I've never been here. What? Uh, tell me about this. <laughs> you, I will take back your Filipino card. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm a bay. I'm bay. Like that's my only thing I can say is I'm bay. Oh yeah, yeah, the bay. Yeah. Bay has a lot of I good say, stuff I though. I can tell you where to go. We'll go. Um, but it's Arco Foods in Colorado Boulevard in Glendale. I grew up going to that market. Um, they have entire like section of like deli sort of like hot foods from anything you can think of adobo like barbecue um sinigang all the classics and they have like different stuff so yeah go there they have the best sinigang tight mm. yeah thank you <laughs> yeah. all right korean dish <laughs> korean dish oh yeah. i mean if we're going sinigang is the meeting your needs i I guess the equivalent in my Korean experience would be like miyokguk. Mm-hmm. It's like basically like basic like seaweed soup, mm. um, but the seaweed is like soft and um, and then you have like your either your anchovy base or you might mix it with like ground beef. Um, mm. mm-hmm. But it was just like a very traditional like you know my I might lose my Korean card like the traditions <laughs> in which it's tied to. I'm not the most familiar. I think it's birthdays, but I just remember as a kid, like my, that's all I would eat for a while. Like when I was like, f- I think from four years old to like six years old, I just remember eating hella miyukuk. Like that's yeah. all I wanted. And even today, like my mom, whenever she sees me, she's like, do you want miyukuk? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a joke. Like that's, that's all you used to eat. You know, I'm like, so, really something cute. about it is like, yeah. it was just really like heartwarming. Yeah. yeah. Same with sitting on like, my mama too, she'd always joke with my brothers and I because my little brother and I love Sinigang. Are you guys ever tired of Sinigang? I'm like, no. Like, oh, seriously, yeah. she'll like a big pot and we'll like go through that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
just like you know i'll make sa'ing like yeah. I'll, make, I'll cook rice <laughs> white rice yeah and and the best with sinigang is like in you know, it's like piping hot rice and you just put uh like pour mm. like this this you know the soup over it yeah. and you make this perfect like bowl of like you know like rice and then the soup and then you'll like arrange all your veggies and mm. then your meat you know what's mm, up yeah yeah so good i don't i don't know her this the shop but it's in i always see this place and when you said making it in salmon in pike's place yeah in seattle i think it's it's like a stall it's a pinoy stall but she uses like the salmon. fresh the fresh salmon from the pike place yeah. fish market and i was like i think i know that spot i think I think she was yeah. featured on the Food Food Network. I yeah. remember. I know. I know who. I think you're talking about. Yeah. 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 She's amazing. So. Yes. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. If you could live in any time period in history, what time period would you live in? Ooh. Oh my God. The sixties. That mm. seems kind of, but only to so I could meet my heroes, to see what they're doing, to really see how they change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like to see the Panthers, to see how they fed everyone in Oakland, to see to to see to to see our work in that time period. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I think about that all the time, especially for women, um, for women of color. What was it like for them? And I love that be- people are trying to make sure that their lives are always remembered. And I think that's what I'm trying to do, too, mm. is that their lives are remembered in the work that we do. Mm. They're very much a part of the revolution then mm-hmm. and now. So yeah, the sixties, seventies. <laughs> Who would be your okay? You're rolling out. You're in the sixties. You're like getting ready. You're y'all are actually staying in this big house, and you're going out to an action. <laughs> you walk out the door, and there's five other people that are walking out with you, rolling to this action. Who who are those people that are rolling with you in the sixties? Whoa, like living then or like friends then, now? Then. then. Um, I think I would, wow. I mean, the first year out of just the top of my heroes, like Fannie Lee Hamer and Georgia Gilmore. Georgia Mm -hmm. Gilmore, because she organized, like, cooking to to fund the Montgomery bus, the boycotts. And to see how she did it, you know, Mm -hmm. like. I would go with her and her crew because she had a crew of like women cooking in kitchens. I just go with her. I'd be like, mm. all right, like see her like her logistically how she did it, mm. you know? Because um, I that's what I try to imagine too. Like, how did she? How did they do all that? Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, I would go with her. She would be mm. she would be the one. I think about her all the time. Like Fannie Lou Hamer was like a force too, obviously. She was impactful in the way she, you know, um, really, uh, in a kind of political arena. But Georgia, I feel closer to her work because it's 
very much aligned to what we're doing. And I would love to see that in, in action. Yeah. How she, how she just, she's like, she fucking hustled to fund that. Yeah. You know, without her hustle to fund that, it wouldn't happen. Hmm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I think about our work. It's like, if we didn't hustle, like, all year just to move all that food, and even though it seems, like, invisible, or there's some people in the movement who don't see food or mutual oil aid in as high regard or as sexy as, like, BLM or, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, being out there and just fucking with the cops... It's just as crucial to the movement mm-hmm. to make sure that people are being fed out there. Mm-hmm. How can we keep going when y'all are hungry? Mm-hmm. So, I love what Pete says. She's got to get our people strong. Yeah. And they need nourishment. You need yeah. nourishment. How can yeah. you fight strong if you can't, you can't think because yeah. you're hungry? Yeah. So I wanted to see how the women did it then. Yeah. Georgia and her girls. Georgia. <laughs> Do you want to answer that? Oh, the question. Yeah. Oh. What time period? Yeah. Man, I've been um, wanting to, and I maybe not enough because I haven't yet, but um, just like connecting with my ancestry. Yeah. So I guess just in my own desire to, like, like the 20s, the 40s, like, Korean War time and just like who my grand great grandparents were mm. and like what they had to endure mm-hmm. and um, I don't know you know and this is like something I need to dive into with my parents to just really grasp who I come from obviously you know there's the there's the spiritual aspect of what that question is for me but um, also just like my human my humanity you know yeah. where it comes from and uh, yeah I, I think the because the korean war was also so it's still like not it wasn't that long ago and i feel mm-hmm. like the i'm i am i am the beneficiary as a korean american second generation to be here and like living this life and doing what i'm doing to have gone to college and you know like all of that you know, thinking about Korean food and like the reason why like, panchan is like the side dishes are all like root vegetables is because that's all like they had access to. It's just mm-hmm. like little roots on the mountain and like mm-hmm. that's what they would cook, you know. And mm-hmm. To <clears throat> to realize like that wasn't that long ago and yeah, and to, to have such little connection to that, I think that's also something that you know Danny has really like encouraged to like get into, yeah. and like Emily too is like she, for her mft program like there's a lot about like your uh ancestry your family tree like that kind of work so that's definitely like the next kind of frontier for me i'm excited for you i I actually mentioned that to danny yesterday how i i'm so inspired by how he does that for himself how he reads on his history um just korean american history korean spirituality I love that so much. You know, the same way that I try to deepen my understanding of Filipino culture, Filipino history, colonization, identity. Mm. 
you know? Mm-hmm. It's huge for us, right? Like, I feel like that in itself, too, has also been an evolution. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the pride that I feel for being Filipino. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And definitely something I want to make sure I'm in, when I'm in spaces, I've said this before, but even more so as a woman and being Filipina, I feel mm-hmm. like I want to make sure that people know that mm-hmm. you know I, we were here. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, uh, I'm right now, just in real time, I'm thinking. I'm like, I think a big part of that is you try to assimilate to whiteness, yes. right? And like, mm-hmm. I grew up in a lot of white, mostly white spaces, so. Mm-hmm. Same. I was so ashamed of my Korean identity for Same. so long until I went to college and I started to meet other like Asians who were like owning their Asianness. <laughs> I was like, oh, this feels yeah. good. Like, <laughs> yeah. But up until then, I was like, I just don't want to be white. You know, like Same. white is success. White. Same. I like white girls. Like, oh, they don't like me back. It's because I'm Asian. Damn yeah. it. You know, like Same. you internalize a lot of that stuff. And Absolutely. So, I'm, yeah. Just, Same. We had to reckon with that. You yeah. know, we had to reckon with that too. And I'm very much i own that i went through that too i mostly dated white men and um it's it's interesting now that i think about it i was like oh fuck i had a, I had a boss when i was about 23 he was indian american and uh he met my boyfriend at the time and um he was irish and he was like melissa why do you date white men? And I was like, I don't know. I just got along with them. And he asked me, he's like, is it because you want to make yourself feel better? Like the fact that he asked Mm -hmm. me it like, so I have never forgotten that conversation. Mm -hmm. It has stayed with me for so long. And I'm like, whoa, it really like took me out of myself. And it was like, why would he ask me that? Mm -hmm. I just, care about this person you know like but then i didn't you know you don't see that right you don't Mm -hmm. see those things and so yeah you you reckon with that sort of image and the understanding of yourself and how you move in spaces and how you see yourself being white adjacent made you better in spaces Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's also baked into the culture yeah and how colonization too yeah has has informed that that's a whole ass other podcast. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> we yeah. can get into that too if you want, right? Yeah, <laughs> we can get into whole, we can get into colonization one time. Yeah, because there's a lot there. Is there a colonization card in Silver? Yeah, colonization. <laughs> oh, there, no, there's one called the Great Assimilator. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, we went yeah. through like all of it today. Yeah. Okay, last last two things. Okay. okay, so you, okay, so you and Uni are. Oh, congratulations. Homie, homie, homie made in polos just is about to put on the biggest benefit concert what? in the world. And y'all can create a lineup. Any artists <gasps> oh, that you no. want to summon are about to come through and play at this benefit concert. Shit. Put together your lineup real quick. Okay, who's headlining in mine? Can it yeah. be like living or dead? Yeah, no, you you two are working. You, you're trying to bring in as much as possible, but you want to enjoy. Damn. You want to enjoy this concert. For Dude, I've been so far from music. I don't know. Same, been, I know dude, I'm like, been like, well, I'm not... trying to pull back, but I already know who my headliner is. Mm-hmm. So it. my headline is Jay Dilla mm-hmm. on the polo I stage. On the polo stage, Jay Dilla. Um, 
Yeah, he's my headliner because mm. he's just uh, favorite ever, ever. Um, uh, dang, this is hard. Yeah, you you can pass it. You can pass it over. You guys take one each. You, damn. Each. Who's your damn. headliner? I mean, we got our friend Bob <laughs> right here, yeah. Mr. Marley. Seriously, Dilla and Marley, dude. Dilla and Marley. <laughs> Dilla and Marley, dude. Yeah. yeah. Bjork. Oh, Dilla, um, <laughs> Marley, and Bjork. Let's go. <laughs> Food justice. <laughs> Marley and Bjork. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like this lineup. Yeah. Mm. Pastor Q. Ooh. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Yo, at the at the um Biddy Mason day, oh uh, DWAC, they put that on oh, Monday. Dude. And when he was when he was just blowing on the mic at the I end, know. Like, I was like, Ooh. what the Yeah, I caught it on video. Mm. I wanna post that. It's so good. Mm. It's so good. You guys gonna come out on Fridays. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to go tomorrow. Road Church. Yeah, 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 for sure. Road church is yeah. at seven o'clock. Um he starts at seven, yeah. yeah. And then we start serving at eight. Road church, yeah. church without walls, skid road. Oh, perfect. I think we're gonna yeah. Come through. I'll come through a chat. Yeah. Come through, yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. Are we still, are we still going with our lineup? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you can, oh. you can build, keep building. I like, actually, I'm trying to think of the vibes, like what does the poster look like mm. now? But, <laughs> so you got you got your three headliners, Pastor Q. Dang. Um, damn, let's get a jazz, some jazz in there. Nina. Nina Strong. Nope. Damn. This lineup is... I know. It's killer. It's killer. <laughs> oh my gosh there's so many there's so oh, many there's i know so many. i was like which one you can keep going you can go, we can go for a few more let's get it let's get a just a decent lineup oh dude yeah um, so you don't have to think about it so hard eric b and rakim oh yeah 100 percent. so you got eric b and rakim bjork Dilla, Nina Simone, mm-hmm. the Fugees, the Fugees, yes. Oh, dang! Let's get some R and B in there. Oh. <laughs> let's get some Jamiroquai, dude. Let's just yeah. have oh, some Jamiroquai. fun. With, let's just have some fun with some Jamiroquai, dude. <laughs> Sam Cooke. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Sam Cooke is like classic, just amazing. Have you seen the movie um, One Night in Miami? Mm. No. Uh-oh. Mm. It's good. It, it was good. It was great, and just the way they um, portrayed how Sam Cooke came to that "Changes Coming" song. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that is like true how that all unfolded, but man, like yeah, powerful, <sighs> mad powerful. Like yeah. I think music just really just carries me through so much. Yeah. Just thinking, yeah, it's so hard because I love music so much. I'm just trying to think of all the stuff I've loved over the years. Um, it's so easy with Dilla and Bjork because I feel like I go back to them in moments, different moments, times mm-hmm. in my life, and mm-hmm. I just feel like it's so easy to find an album that just fits for that time. Yeah. You they, know, they're the mu- they're the music sustenance for you. Absolutely, like Bjork for for sure when I'm falling in love, or like when mm-hmm. I'm in love, or just feeling so like like just flowering and just wrapped up in a person. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina for sure. Oh God, Sarah Vaughn. <gasps> Sarah Vaughn is like my favorite female vocalist, jazz vocalist. 
I'll send you guys. Okay, Sarah I'm not Vaughan. familiar. Yeah, I need to. I need to get my game. Sarah, Sarah yeah, game yeah. My ex actually was the one who taught me. He was a big jazz head, and um, he was super knowledgeable about like just hardcore, like just hardcore jazz. Sarah Vaughn was like her. I actually love her more than Nina. She's like like up there. Just her voice is so transcendent. Like it's just like you think of like a warm blanket just like wraps around <laughs> you. Like that's kind of how I feel when I listen to her. Mm-hmm. It's sexy as shit. It's the stuff you listen to with your partner at two a.m. Fucking cuddling. Like <laughs> just you know what I mean. Where yeah. it's just like fucking the two of you, and you're just chilling, fucking candle, like yeah, just talking to each other, hella fucking close. Yeah, and it's just. That's the stuff you listen to. Mm. <laughs> you didn't know Dr. Love was in the house. <laughs> I wasn't born on Valentine's Day for nothing. Let's for go. nothing. Let's go. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you guys some like albums to listen to. Yeah. We got to throw. I mean, we've been talking about Camp Out for activists. Yeah. And so oh, like, can't yeah, wait. We're going to run a little festival, y'all. Let me help with the playlist. Yeah. I'll, I'll DJ. Yeah, DJ Melly let's Mel. go. Gotta, yes, yes. Yo, we don't even tell anybody, and then Mel just rises. Just get a rising <laughs> stage, like a hydraulic stage. <laughs> <laughs> and you open with a Saravon song. <laughs> no, like, oh. we won't be losing the <laughs> Mel's in a robot suit, and then it's Saravon. <laughs> That'd be so yeah. dope. Just like, what kind of just like totally mess with Ooh. people? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I fucking love music. It's so just like so much therapy, mm-hmm. you know. Like before I found all this, music was just it still does. I'm just like, you know, I'm the type that cries at a concert, and um, yeah, you know, just was, gets oh. so like yeah. wrapped up in it. Yeah. And what what's like the most vivid uh, cry at a concert that you can recall? Bjork. Mm, yeah. I actually saw her um, I don't know what year that was in Coachella it was one of the first few ones yeah. um, she, she was pregnant at the time and so she came out that looked like a little like a, like a lettuce she looked like a lettuce <laughs> <laughs> you know she, <laughs> you guys can picture yeah. her like Bjork just looking out like a fucking lettuce but as soon as she starts singing and it was beautiful. It was like the sun, like the uh, the moonlight was just like so bright, you know, mm-hmm. um, over us. And as soon as she starts singing, her fucking leaves like open up like that. Oh, we like lost yeah. our minds. And mm-hmm. I was just crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just such a, I don't know, the way she sings. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. takes you somewhere else. Dang. Right? Mm-hmm. Bjork's mm-hmm. just, Bjork's too future. You know yeah. she's too future for this yeah. world. Yeah. She's always been that way with her music, the way she approaches it. And yeah. Like I think she brings Oh, Little Dragon. You add let's that go. to your lineup. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Little nice, Dragon. Nice, yeah. Nice. Touch. Nice. I see I saw them live too. Oh, yeah. 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 Little Dragon. Little Dragon, Bjork. Um, Hiatus Coyote. Mm. Yeah, now you're rounding around, coming around. 
Got your classics. We gotta Let's like go. pull it now back in for the young people too. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're trying to. We gotta make the revolutionary. You gotta be revolutionary, like you know, for the for like the elders and for the young yeah, ones yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, do a little mushrooms and have Radiohead there. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my most vivid cries was when they played everything in its right place at Coachella that year. I remember I was just going through like a. Like early when we're when you're organizing, I think at least for me, when we're like early like donuts time when we're doing the ex stuff very early, like so much self doubt. You know, you're you're facing so much. Like, is this right? Am I doing this right? Like, do people want to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they didn't show up to this event. Like, oh man, like, am I doing this wrong? Yeah. Like, oh, I should stop. Or like, oh, it's just so many of those so thoughts, much. you know. And and just that reminder of like man everything in its right place mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. stop worrying so much and yeah. just keep keep being that humble servant yeah yeah keep showing up just keep showing up and eventually it'll show itself mm-hmm. that's at least for me that's how it's been mm-hmm. just show up and be you Conversations. Let's go, Mel. Done. Mel. Done. Mic drop. To shit now. Thank you for this time. I love you guys. Love you. Always. This is so good. Podcast.